Welcome to Traveled, where we take a journey to a specific region so you discover what makes this part of the world so unique. Before we get rolling with our guest this week, I wanted to share the love with our Traveled sponsor. This podcast is powered by Swing Outdoors, the Wet Fly Swing Podcast, and Yellowstone Teton Territory. From the Henry's Fork to the South Fork of the Snake and all the high alpine lakes and streams in between, Yellowstone Teton Territory provides anglers and other outdoor enthusiasts with all the information they need to plan their next big trip. You can visit wetflyswing.com slash Teton right now to get the full list of outfitters, lodges, fly shops, and all kinds of inspiration to get you started on your next trip to Eastern Idaho. That's Teton, T-E-T-O-N, wetflyswing.com slash Teton. Let's do it. Let's jump in and find out where that road less traveled is going to lead us today. How you doing, Corby? We're doing great. How are you today, Dave? Great, great. Uh, it's uh, really great to get have you on here. We've been doing a lot of cool stuff out in your neck of the woods. We've had a number of episodes on, you know, fly fishing, the rivers, and now we're starting to get into like lake fishing. We've got a, a great one of our gurus, Phil Roy, is coming out there. We've got some local folks that are helping put together this trip, and you it looks like we're going to be the place that we're heading to do our, you know, have our luxury accommodations. And I've heard a lot about what you have going, but let's dig into this because we're going to talk about everything you have going now. I want to hear a little bit on the history of the lodge because I know there's a lot of that history. Can you first talk about who you are and what your connection is to the the lodge there? Yeah. So we're talking about the, um, as I referred to it, the historic Phillips Lodge. And the lodge was uh, built uh, basically in the 20s kind of through the Great Depression, part of the, the the works projects there, built the reservoir and a bunch of different um, things. And uh, Harry Phillips uh, ended up being the owner and, and thus the name Phillips Lodge. We bought the lodge in 1997. Uh, it came with, along with 15 acres of land. And at the time it was, it was the lodge was in, you know, uh, a little bit run down, but in fair shape for being, you know, almost 100 years old. And, and it had a few outbuildings, but as we researched the property, the property had a grandfathered in subdivision. And so we sat down and I remember getting a call. I was actually living up in Seattle area and I get a call from my dad and I'm like, well, what are you doing? He's like, oh, we're going to build log cabins. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you know about that? Absolutely nothing. It's <laughs> going to be beautiful. And I was like, man, that's, that's really cool. And ended up subsequently moving to help build a bunch of log cabins. So um, so yeah, so we, we've built, uh, 20 of the main, um, units. And then as we built the larger units, we built some kind of more, you know, overnight, what we call a smaller unit. There's still about 600 square feet and, you know, two beds, full bath. And so we built those along the ways and we have 26, uh, total units now that surround the lodge. Wow. And then we inherited one of the iconic lodges of the greater Yellowstone area and being the stewards of that, you know, as, as a lot of responsibility is, as anybody that's uh, tried to restore a lodge knows, so yeah. <laughs> you find you find some interesting things in the attic. So <laughs> right, what were the what was one interesting thing you would find in that old lodge? I think from my perspective, I'm a I'm a real people person, and so the stories people tell. Uh, so one of my one of my favorite stories, um, this lady comes barreling in one day, you know, just sunny afternoon, whatever it was, mid mid August, right about this time kind of thing. And, and she pulls this huge, I mean, it must've been one of those like old school LTD, just the longest, you know, seventies car, sixties car you've ever seen. 
and she was in her 90s. I mean, and she's still driving this thing. And I, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, how did she not sideswipe 10 people? What's <laughs> going on? And she came in and, and she was just dressed to the nines, you know, just all prim and proper. And and she starts telling us that she worked there when she was a teenager. And I'm like, well, man, that's got to be like right when this place was like right. built. And there, you know, every lodge, I think, up there is either burnt down or almost burnt down, you know, um, for better or worse. And so so I tried to get some details and she in her in her exact quote was, you know, young man, I don't remember much. I just remember it was fun. <laughs> and uh, the lodge was known as as truly like a, a dance till dawn, um, you know, bar. So it was part of seven bars. Um, and then there were two sportsman bars. So nine liquor licenses that were established in, uh, in that area. And so Island Park itself is about a thousand feet wide, the original city. And it was 500 feet of either side of the original Yellowstone Highway. And then it was some odd miles long, like 27 miles long. And so like our property was was actually half in, half out of the original city limits. So as we went to develop, we incorporated in and, you know, and so the city's grown and whatnot. But Island Park will never be a, a Jackson Hole or a Sun Valley because it's 27 miles long and it's a thousand feet wide. So there's no way to develop <laughs> in that in that kind of a corridor. Um, anything that will that will ever grow in that magnitude so it's always going to be real mom and pop and that's what we found you know it took us years before the local population accepted us um you know all those kind of stories you hear about moving to someone else's you know town so to speak but it's been such a beautiful blessing for our family and and so rich history so like this lady right she she was part of that era of just you know bands dancing and you can still see on the wood floor like where they danced and how you know how like We've tried to restore, but we've never replaced it. And it was a true, you know, throw the sawdust on the ground and dance till um, dawn. And grown men like myself would come in and say, oh, it's so nice to be on this side of the windows. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, well, when, when we were little kids, we had to just sit in the car while mom and dad danced all night long <laughs> <laughs> right. in the lot. <laughs> and so now they're on the other side of the windows, right? Actually having dinner and whatnot. When we bought the lodge, we transformed um, the main salon, the bar basically into a just dining room. So uh, we have the bar open with the food and it's more of just a, a nice historic, you know, lodge um, than the nitty gritty bar that we uh, bought. But that's, you know, yeah, that's all right, I guess. That's cool. So the Island Park, and it is interesting because we had at least one other guest talk about that story of how it was created. And so when was, and Island Park is actually, is it, it is a city officially? Yeah. Yeah. It's an official city. So it's official city, but it's got this unique thing where it's super, uh, you know, not very wide and 27 miles long. And what was the thinking there? Like these were people back in that day that were traveling. I mean, why create that little strip along the highway? It was just a place to here's some, some bars, some places to hang out. Like, do you know that history? Well, so, I mean, I have my version that I was told, right. And I am from the Latter-day Saint faith or the Mormon, you know, heritage. Right. So I'm, I'm, I feel I'm well within my rights to say, yeah, it was a dry County. Oh, right. And people wanted someplace to go to have a good time. And so you went up the hill and you know what, it's like Vegas, right? What yeah. happens in Vegas is <laughs> right. in Vegas. So, you went up the hill and uh, we, we had one lady, she told us that she goes, she goes, yeah, she goes, I remember my mom and dad 
the pastor told him, and I don't know what faith they were, right? So a pastor could have been any faith, right? Said, y'all can go to that Phillips Lodge on Saturday nights, or you can come to church on Sundays, but you need to stop trying to do both. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, so the, the intent there was, um, you know, was to recreate. Now, the, the, origin, the area originally started being um, habitated through the railroad. So the railroad would come through and it crosses the Henry's Fork of the Snake River just between Big Springs and what is now Max Inn or the highway area, right, where Highway 20 goes across. And the railroad bridge is still there. You can take UTVs and snowmobiles over it or just walk over it. Um, it's a beautiful little spot just down from the headwaters of the Henry's Fork, which is Big Springs. So we go there all the time, have some great pictures of it. You know, it's a conic spot in the area. And uh, so they would, the railroad would stop there. The train would stop and people would get out and they'd just camp along the river. And then when the train came back, they'd jump back on and go back home. It eventually stopped at West Yellowstone and then people got on the stagecoach and went into the park um, if they were traveling that far. So like, for example, my dad, he's a, a local Utah, you know, born native down in the Rexburg Ryrie area, just an hour south of Island Park. And for him, um, a whole vacation would be going up to Island Park and just stopping at the different fishing holes. You'd fish the Warm Springs um, area, then you'd, you know, you'd fish the ranch, and then you'd work your way through the Box Canyon, Coffee Pot Rapids, like different iconic places where they would go fishing. So for him, that was one of the motivators. We always vacationed there as children because he vacationed there as a child. And then, uh, like I said, in the, in the winter of, of uh, 97, he sees a little ad for, you know, Phillips Lodge for sale. And knew about it because his uncle had a home down the road. So we had been by there to say hi on one of our vacations. And next thing you know, we we got a, a full-fledged resort. And wow. <laughs> it's almost 30 years later, you know. So um, time flies when you're when you're building cabins and, you know, and, and hosting thousands of different people from all over the world. You know, it's, it's such, like I said, it's just such a, a beautiful opportunity to, you know, grow your person with everybody else that comes to say hi. Yeah. And that's why people, I guess people are obviously coming there because of the area, just like we're coming there. But in, so currently, you know, over the last, you know, whatever few years, you have a diversity of people, like describe the, you know, people that are coming there. Like who are these just a diversity of people around the country, around the world? Yeah, um, absolutely. So Yellowstone is, you know, up there with Las Vegas, Disneyland, Disney World, right? Like it's, it's truly people's dream to see and and being in such proximity but having such nice lodging um available you know we our, our floodgates are opened all summer long with with a, a very diverse um i think we've probably had somebody from about every country um we haven't kept tracks so, but legitimately before the pandemic the chinese uh people were were probably one of our largest customers their sons would be in school and they would come over and do just a tour of the United States. And Yellowstone was always on the spot. We have a, a lot of European uh, folks that will come in um, and stay. And then, of course, the Western United States is, you know, is, is massive. So probably the Western United States is 
you know, 60, 70% of our population, our guests, right? But uh, the, you know, the diversity and just, again, people coming in and, you know, my dad got real good at Google Translate because yeah. <laughs> right. not, not everybody's, you know, speaking English and, and he's like, this is great, man, you know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right. I just speak in my phone and it tells me what these guys are, you know, needing and yeah, it's been really cool. So we're, you know, we, we use we use Airbnb and other, you know, VRBO and, and all those avenues to, to get people in. And then obviously um, we have a, a really strong, like we come up this time every year and, and they just book the cabin. They don't need to own a cabin themselves. They just book ours. And we have standing reservations with a, a really solid, you know, clientele list. So it's, like I said, it's a little bit of both. I have the guys that I'll see, you know, once a year or twice a year. And I have the people I see one time. And I can remember them all, you know, the guys from Florida that this is a cool story, you know, to give you an idea. So they come in from Florida. They've never seen snow. <laughs> they come in around Mother's Day. So we're still getting snow, you know, in the area. Like it's a beautiful time. I love that time of year because you have you have very little park activity. The fishing is now open um, everywhere. But the ranch, I believe, if I'm, I'm up to my new fishing guide rules. But um, so you can really get out and explore. And you might get a snowstorm and you might get like 70 degree, you know, sunshine. You just don't know. Right. So it's just that time where you can you can kind of get all the seasons in a day. And so this lady comes back and there's just a huge dent in their rental car. Hmm. And I am looking at her and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, did you guys get in an accident? And she looks at me and she has the funniest look. And I'm like, I have no idea how to read this look. Right. And yeah. she goes, I just had to touch it. And I was like, you mean the buffalo? <laughs> Because it was instantly new. Right. Like what happened. So the buffalo be standing next to your car. She rubs the buffalo's head or whatever, a rum. It kicks the door in and runs off. Oh, wow. Right. Like subsequently, you know, like I'll never forget that family, right? Like, like who, you know, <laughs> their door kicked in by a buffalo. Right? That's pretty amazing. Because I, I've been there. I remember last time we were there, we had a buffalo that. Yeah, walked right by our car. And I thought the same thing. I was like, man, I could touch this thing. But, oh, yeah. Well, but you did. definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> she went for the petting zoo, you know, option. But uh, Right, right. Not a good idea. Obviously not condoning petting uh, or touching the animals. No, definitely don't want to do that. So this is cool because, I mean, yeah, you guys have this really cool lodge. I want to dig more into, you know, more about the lodge. But, um, but what is the, so you've got a large uh, reservoir or lake right next to you. What is that? What is that lake to the, I guess, to the east? Yeah, so Island Park Reservoir, um, and it sits on the Henry's Fork of the Snake River. And they basically, they dammed up just above what people refer to as the Box Canyon. So if you're going to float for like fishing or recreational purposes, that area, you get in just below the dam there. There's a, a an area to, to jump in. Um, and the reservoir itself, it follows like a, like a fish hook. It follows um, the river. So the river does... It's kind of a fish hook and they put the they put the dam right at the far end of, of the hook before it goes up, but there is like a section that goes up. And then there's a massive floodplain that goes out to the west that just kind of filled in um, a valley, basically, the shotgun valley. Uh, Sheridan um, out towards Sheridan Ranch. It's a beautiful reservoir, full recreation available. The waters are very heavily nutrient rich. And so the the fishing is great. There's still lake salmon that spawn. I mean, it's just it's just an amazing ecosystem up there. 
And so the the reservoir itself is one of those top of the line <laughs> reservoirs, yeah. right? Like the water starts like a couple miles up the, up the street, basically. Right. Um, yeah, this is high quality. Yeah, it's just um, absolutely stunning. Yeah, and what is the elk um, on Elk Creek Ranch, the right near you? That little what is that? So about the same time uh, they were building the the Phillips Lodge, the Elk Creek Ranch was established, and. Um, that's actually about a 500 acre plot of land, give or take um, uh, a few acres. And they, um, they have basically a, a dam that they built, right, with, with its streets and stuff. So, so they built a causeway or, you know, whatever you want to call it. So that's Elk Creek. That's like Elk Creek Reservoir or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a you know, it's, I, I want to say it's probably about a 20, 30 acre, um, you know, lake right like small pond lake however you, and then it feeds the elk creek uh, river right there then goes into the buffalo river that then goes into the henry's fork so one of the reasons why they call island park island park there's two theories um around it going back to kind of that history side of it and the one is that as the stagecoach and, and railroad went through they had to make so many bridges that they would camp on what they would call islands um, because there's just springs and rivers coming throughout the whole area, right, um, and through the the area. So that was one um, of the ideas. And then the other idea where the islands were were kind of the the volcanic tufts where the trees couldn't grow, so they could get you know protection and see. So so I think the combination, right? You're looking for dry land, and you're looking yeah. for someplace where you were you know able to uh, you know fend off any unwanted guests, um, so to speak, but. But we're basically in in the you know in the mini Yellowstone caldera, right? We're in what they call the Henry's Fort caldera. So so Island Park was a volcano 1.3 million years ago. Um, Yellowstone 700,000 years ago, roughly um, when it went off, and and so we're part of that ecosystem. And then you have the Continental Divide to the north and basically east. And then Yellowstone, right to the east. So, so like from the lodge, for example, if you could go in a straight line, you could hit Old Faithful Lodge, and we're almost on the same, you know, parallel, right? We're almost parallel to each other. So you could hit Old Faithful Lodge in like a twenty-five minute drive. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Versus going up around. So, so you're right there. You know, you're in the literally what Yellowstone is. We were a million years ago, kind of a thing, and that. um that ridge is still there. So you can be, you know, if you're fishing the lake or, you know, on the reservoir, if you're fishing in the, in the river system, you're either on one side or the other of that hump, basically of the crater. So it's pretty, but it's like, you know, it's like 15 miles across. So it's not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is really cool. <laughs> you just think it's a mountain range. And then you read a little sign that goes, this is actually an ancient volcano. Congratulations. You're standing in the middle of, and you're like, wait a minute, what? Right, this is great. No, I love the history and the geology and stuff is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so that paints the picture a little bit and we'll dig probably more into this as we go. But our, you know, what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be heading out in probably late June, July to fish a bunch of lakes in that area. And we've talked about, like I said, we've already had, we've talked about the Henry's Fork. We're actually doing a trip out there to the South Fork as well to fish the streams, but this trip specifically is going to be the lakes and your lodge is in a really perfect spot because I mean, you're within minutes of all these cool reservoirs and lakes. And, uh, and so, but you also have the history, which is cool. I'm excited. So paint that picture. Let's say we're coming in there in uh, late June, early July. 
What is that lodge? We're walking up to it. You've got the old historic. Paint the picture of what we can expect for what we first see and then what it's like if we're going to be staying there for a few days. So the lodge itself sits right on on the main road. We're just about a quarter mile off the main highway. So it's a, it's an easy, you know, you see the sign, you turn and, and drive kind of down to the lodge. It's actually, for me, it's super nostalgic. Uh, whenever I drive down that road, if it was 10 minutes ago that I left or, or it's been a week because I was gone or something, it has a couple rolls. So it's the old highway. It's the remnants of the old highway. So, so they didn't use as much dynamite back in the day. So yeah. it's, you know, just kind of rolls with the landscape. <laughs> and so you kind of come up, up over the, the last little roll. And again, these are just like a 10 second, you know, to go over type uh, roll, right? Not a hill or anything, but, um, and then you see the lodge. And as you pull in, uh, you'll you'll see the lights on at the restaurant. The you know if it's evening, if it's daytime, you'll just see you know the lodge. Um, we have our welcome desk right there, our office right there in the corner of of the lodge. So you come in, you're hungry, you sit down, take a bite, you know, take a, a load off, uh, grab a drink. You're not hungry, you know, get up to your cabin, and then the cabins all sit behind the lodge and up in the trees. That's why we call it the pines. So the cabins are incredibly private, even though they're clustered for ease of, you know, you know, maintaining everything right with with a, a single entity crew that they don't have to drive a truck a half mile to get to the next location. So you're very private. Um, everything's full log construction between the lodge and the cabins. You've got private hot tubs on the cabin. So you're, you're in the middle of nowhere, like rustic, but you have all the amenities you need. And I guess that's where, you know, you go back to being the stewards of this property, right? This property's hosted gatherings for almost a hundred years, probably were, you know, right there on a hundred years old. And so, that call to that's what we do. <laughs> that's who we are, you know? Right. And so there's a lot of pride in there. Um, you know, through the pandemic, we created a, a touchless check-in because, you know, nobody knew what you're supposed to do. And again, not, not to get into any right or wrongs, just that was, you know, the new standard, right? So the nice thing about that is it's carried over. So now plane get delayed, like things happen, no big deal, right? Um, with a text message or a quick communication, we know you're coming late. Everything will be sitting out for you. You'll have a beautiful map, a little packet with your name on it. You grab your packet and you drive up to your cabin. So, so it's really become, you know, with technology and everything, um, a real seamless from the lodge to your home, your log home, right? Yeah. I, should, I should call it a home versus a cabin. And so that, that again, that's just such a privilege to be able to share that with people. Cause I don't know about you, but growing up as a child, if I was ever in old faithful lodge or any of these iconic lodges, I just, I just felt like I was in something that was on purpose and was meant to be. And, and you get the same feeling, you know, these are miniature, you know, miniature lodges basically. And, and you just have that feeling of, yep, I'm here. I have, I have a uh, one buddy, he actually owns a really, really high line hotel in Park City. And there's a, a couple of his staff members, his, you know, core guys that have been up to our place 
And he's like, I don't know what it is about that lodge, but every time they come back, they are so happy. So can I just send them? You know, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, give me a few nights at your Park City place. No big deal. Right. right. So, yeah, let's do a trade. Right. So he, uh, you know, and he does. And, and and we see his guys, you know, twice a year. And he's like, yeah, it just recharges their batteries. And it's our off season, their off season. So it works great for everybody. It's really cool. You can look at it. I will put some uh, links or photos in the show notes for this, too, so people can take a look. But, yeah, these these lodges are really spectacular. You know, I mean, they're log cabins and, and the, the places you're talking about are beautiful. And I've also heard that you guys have some pretty amazing food as well. So is that something if we had a, a group coming there to do some fishing, you know, we, we arrive, how's that look? Do you guys cover everything? Are you going to cover food, all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the party, we just set it up, you know, on an individual basis on, hey, what do you need and, and what works for you? And it's a nice thing about Island Park. I mean, you know, competition is, you know, for some people it's fearful for us. It's just enjoyable, right? That Island Park is growing again. It will never be big. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> 400 people or something is the, you know, the official, the official signage you come in says like 287. Right. Um, I, th- I think there's, you know, there's probably about four or 500 people that, that call Island Park home whether they're seasonal or not, you know, maybe you get up if you include seasonal folks that only come summers, maybe you get up, uh, you know, near a thousand of like a full-time resident. I live here for, you know, several months kind of, you know, category. And so it's just, you know, this, this small oyster basically of a place. And so the nice thing is, is you don't have to do everything there, but if you need to or want to, that's your options. And, and it's pretty fun to see some of the growth as we grow that, you know, other things have grown. And then it's also nice just to, like you said, you walk into this lodge and you know that you're someplace, you know, beautiful. Even uh, we had Gordon Ramsay come up. He did uh he did one of his uh, shows up there on a, a hotel is his, uh, I can't remember what the, the, it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the kitchen, Hell's Kitchen oh, right. like hotel or whatever. And, uh, and he stayed with us and we were able to, you know, let him come into the lodge and, you know, I'm waiting for him to like do his thing and like critique everything, you know, and, and, and it was awesome. He was like, oh man, this is beautiful. And we take him back to the cabin and we got talking about, you know, the reality of grizzly bears and, and we're in grizzly country and he's like, like a real grizzly bear, right? And he's, he's using some colorful language. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, like we have grizzly bear walking through all the time, bro. Like, and he's like, and like they could come through that door. I'm like they could come through anything. If like a grizzly bear wants to get in, he's getting in, man. There's like there's not a deadbolt that keeps a grizzly bear. Out. You guys see plenty of grizzly bears around there. Yeah, we we have a, a thriving population of grizzly bear, wolf, um, you know, wildlife in the area. Nice. They don't let the buffalo come over. They actually. Um, keep the buffalo in in Yellowstone and a few um, special places near the park, but everything else we we probably have more moose, for example, because of our geography with all the rivers and streams than you would ever um, see in in Yellowstone and the surrounding area. Um, but yeah, it's it's awesome. But that was you know that that was really fun to you know truly one of the most famous chefs in the world you know is eaten at our lodge. Um, and again, you know. It, it, it wasn't a critique event. It was a fun event. And he had that spirit. And he's like, this is just such a beautiful place. I got to bring my family, you know, and, and uh, whatnot. So. Right. God, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so when we're up there, yeah, you, we might, we're out there fishing the lakes. We might see, have a chance to see a grizzly, a moose, a wolf, or even uh right. I mean, that's pretty. absolutely. I've seen like moose 
I would be shocked if you didn't either see a moose or, you know, come near it, right? Legitimately, the wolf and the grizzly bear, obviously, they're the more exotic, right? Um, Endangered species, all that fun stuff. But they are, you hear them all the time. You'll hear those wolf and, and there's the Yellowstone packs and then there's the, you know, they don't really exist, but they're there, you know, Idaho yeah. packs. <laughs> there's there's all uh, all sorts of, you know, wildlife. That's so really cool. We had a couple lodge dogs and, and I'm pretty sure we had a big husky and uh, he passed along a few years ago, but he was, he was, a, you know, iconic uh, personality, right? Fit right in. And uh I'm pretty sure he tussled with something. I, I, I doubt it was a wolf because I think a wolf probably would have taken him. It could have been some coyotes, but he came back one night and he was <laughs> he, <laughs> he was all matted. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like what what you been into, buddy? You okay? Right. <laughs> he didn't want to go outside for a few days. He was like, "Yeah, I'm good, dude. I'm chilling." <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's cool. I mean, I love that. I love that you're out. I mean, yeah, you're in the middle of you. Essentially, you are in the Yellowstone, like you said, the, the greater Yellowstone area. So you got a chance to see everything. On the cabins, are these, um, are there different sizes? Are these like multiple people are staying in a cabin, like families? How big are these cabins? Yeah, so so the original um, 20 that we built are roughly 1,000 square feet on the main floor. And then they have about a 600 square foot loft. Oh, wow. So yeah, they're a good size. Yeah, you're, you're, it's a log home. So you have two bedrooms in the back of the, of the home, a full bath with like a washer and dryer, full kitchen. Um, and then kind of a living room dining nook um, along the front of it. And then you have a three quarter loft. So half the, a third of the loft is kind of open, you know, that, that vaulted ceiling, you know, two stories high, beautiful windows, see the pine trees swaying, um, gas fireplace. And then in the loft, we have two versions of the loft. So we have a, a kind of open loft where there's a, a second bathroom. And then two queen beds, but it's kind of, you know, by distance, it's private to below, but it's not walled in. And then as we were designing them, we were like, what if we walled that in and made like a master suite up there? And then sure enough, we did. Um, my brother kind of designed that layout. So we have a, about half of them are the open loft and then we have a private loft. So we call it a three bedroom because it creates kind of a third bedroom. So every unit has four beds of that style. And then you either have the open loft or the private loft. So easily two families can be in these cabins um, comfortably. Oh, wow. uh, we've done like corporate events where they'll put, you know, these three or two or three or four people because, you know, everybody's got their own bed um, together type stuff. So, so again, it's a little different than hotel rooms, but that, you know, we didn't build hotels. That's why every cabin has a private hot tub out front um barbecue grills so you have you know again you have pretty much everything you need to enjoy um wireless internet um you know satellite tv if there's a special game that's coming on that you know everybody needs to see or as my wife makes me do when we're on vacation there you know like we sometimes we'll stay in the cabins you know on the off season right and just take a sure take our own little time and take your own stay vacation right he unplugs that little wireless thing. It's crazy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, let's just say we were coming there. We had, say, six to ten, you know, clients that were coming in to fish. And then we had, you know, uh, there was the guides that are coming there and maybe like me and a couple other people. So, you know, we might have, say, 11 to 15 people. How would that be split up? How would you recommend that we, you know, to make that as comfortable for the clients? Did you typically, would you, how would you think that might look? Yeah. So if you need 
real privacy. Um, so we have five one bedroom cabins. Oh, okay. They have two queen beds. They have a kitchenette versus a full kitchen. So as we were building the larger cabins, we basically replaced, um, we had a bunch of cabins that were just sitting on dirt and, and we basically have replaced half of those with, uh, you know, a foundational, you know, unit that can be here for hundreds of years, basically. So, so we have a basically one bed, full bath, little loft area, and then again, a sitting area, private hot tub fireplace. So again, it's about 600 square feet. So depending on when you're coming and what you need, we're going to do, okay, these guys kind of need their own space. Great. You know, me and the guides, we can just be in one room because we know each other or we're comfortable in that space. So, so you're going to, you know, you're going to profile your guests in a positive way, right? Yeah, exactly. We'll talk to them. That's a catchphrase, isn't it? (laughs) Oh yeah. No, that's what we'll do. Yeah. We will definitely, I think we'll see who's coming and who needs a single occupancy versus double occupancy and then we'll make it work. So, so that's great. So, I mean, this seems like, I mean, definitely this is luxury stuff. People can have, you know, different levels and then we're going to have the food because at the lodge, you guys actually have like, this is all full on. Or would we be coming in for dinners in the actual, uh, the old historic lodge to eat dinner there? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah that's, nice. that's my plan. <laughs> have a few drinks, right? Kill the, uh, kill the day the right way. <laughs> that's right. No, this is what, this is what we've been, uh, you know, we're just putting together now, you know, but this is, you know, the week that we're doing now, this Stillwater week is really cool because we have Phil Roy, who's our guide. He's one of our guides who's going to be really teaching. And then we've got some of, um, some other folks that are going to be there helping out. But yeah, this is what it's all about because we've been doing these trips around the country and it's critical. You know, we find that even when the fishing isn't, you know, it's fishing, right? Isn't the best. Having that really experience that you're talking about with the great food is something that really makes the trip like over the top, even when the fishing's not good. Do you feel like, um, you know, that's something that, you know, like separates you from kind of some of the other places out there? Or, or what do you think is the one thing that really separates you guys? I would say it's that we stayed true to what the intent, you know, the original owner, Harry Phillips, he, you know, he did those, um, that subdivision, talking with his grandson, who still has some property next to us. Um, you know, he, he'll say things like, this was grandpa's vision right um and and he in turn is is quite old now right so we're talking a you know a a generation that's passing and i think when you do that when you don't go greed but you go for quality it it reciprocates itself um it's pretty dang hard to go there and not have you know a top 10 experience and it's not because it's a ritz carlton right no look dude there's 400 locals right like yeah (laughs) Keeping a good chef around, you know, keeping, you know, things uh, uh, tidy, you know, I mean, like when things break, like I know how to fix a lot of things. I am not mechanically inclined, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's that kind of, I think we just, my dad and mom were pretty inspired, I believe, uh, quite honestly, and, and they kept it true to what the intent was. And in that, I think that it just fits, you know, things just fit. You know, and, and being a little vulnerable, right? We got some we got some derelict cabins that we just need to to get into, and and uh, people because they can't see the actual cabins, right? These are the ones that are left over from hundred years ago, and some of them we just got stuff stored in, and we got a metal roof on it, but it's leaning a little bit. But it's like, hey, you know, like it works, right? That's cool. And so, <laughs> and so sometimes. Um, you know, we've had guests like play tricks on their friends or whatever, you know, like, like, it's, um, but, oh yeah. Like, here's your cabin. Like, yeah, here you go. And they're just <laughs> like, what, you know, like, what are you doing to me? 
but I think the, you know, again, once you, you know, smell the dirt, you know, like that base level of, you know, the crushed pine needles and, you know, it just, one of those mountain thunderstorms just rolled through and everything's just like a potpourri, basically, right? You're just like, you're getting everything in you. And, and, you know, the dew's dripping off of a pine needle and the sun's catching it just right. And you just know that that moment is eternal. Like that moment never leaves your person. And so, yeah, like I expect you guys to catch some great fish and have a great success. And... I think that there's a few people out there that only go for the fishing, but most people that go explore the Henry's Fork, explore, you know, Island Park Reservoir, Henry's Lake, Ebgen Lake, right up up to north of us, they're there for a lot more reasons. Yeah. And I believe it's a I believe it's just a sacred place, you know, with Yellowstone and, and the whole geological thing. I just think it's a it's a really special place. And I have my own experiences to believe that you know it's it's not a if you guys come up there you're gonna have another place where you're like wow 20 years from now you're like remember that trip yeah. to the pines man like we you know hopefully it's not 20 years later that you're you know, finally coming back but but you, you get the idea of it right yeah yeah no i think the plan is to do this annually especially you know when we get up there and and we're going to be talking about all week here because we have, this is our still water week. So like I said, we're going to have Phil come on. I think we're going to do a conservation episode with one of the groups in that area. I think it's going to be the Henry's Lake Foundation. Yeah, He's yeah. going to talk about some of the cool stuff they're doing. So I, we've been doing this program up there and it's been really awesome because, you know, I've been there a number of times just in the Yellowstone area. And yeah, I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's one of the you know most unique places in the world. Yeah, I come across so one of my other jobs is uh, skiing. I'm I'm a oh cool decorated ski instructor and and lifelong you know advocate. And I'll talk to people and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, wait! You have multiple cabins? Like not just a cabin? You have multiple cabins near the Henry's Fork? Um, why? Like, let's go right? So yeah. um, the the two sports uh, follow each other pretty iconically. Yeah, you know. But like I said, from my perspective, it's it's really bigger than that but that's why the henry's fork is so renowned um yeah the fishing's incredible i mean it really is no matter where you go there it's also just that it's this place that the way it's laid out right for better or worse when they decided to make a town that was 25 miles long and a thousand feet wide (laughs) just to have some bars right and get drunk (laughs) like whether that was inspired or not right depending on where you want to go with it and your bar was one of the, yeah, I mean, was was yours one of the, out of the seven original ones or whatever it was, how many are still there? Yeah, so um, so currently there's Trout Hunter Lodge, which is down to the south. Beautiful, great people, right? Yep. Um, world-renowned guiding crew there. Across the street from them um, is where Henry's Fork Anglers, um, also Lawson and, and renowned pioneers of the area, they own two bars. They actually own the bar next to them, which is the A bar, which is closed currently. Um, hasn't been open for years, but they have two of the licenses, as far as I know. Then there's the, the Ponds Lodge, which is just down the road from us. Our lodge, um, and then Max Inn, I believe, had something, um, but Max Inn itself burned down. Oh, so wow. currently, they built a, a Marriott there. Um, you know, Envoy Marriott, uh, one of their brands. They have a bar, but I don't believe they have one of the licenses. They have like more of just, you know, they don't have the liquor license part of it. 
And then there's two private clubs. The North Fork, I believe, has one of those sportsman's um, deals. And then going up into the north by Henry's Lake, there was Sunset Village, which was one of them. And that that building, when we bought the lodge, that building was kind of on the way down. And I believe that's one of the licenses somebody else has, has taken. But, but, you know, like I said, there's there's not five more, no, <laughs> you know, ever. Um, so I think, you know, and, and just lodges, you know, like our lodge, luckily, quite frankly, it was built, it's like on two different foundation, kind of like you kind of, you know, it was built in like stages. So you have like, you know, hmm. you have some, you know, some character there. Oh, yeah. um, but it was built on a foundation. So it's at least a few feet out of the ground level and the logs are, you know, maintaining themselves, but it's a full log, a D log, you know, building. And, and it's just, I lived up upstairs in the lodge for 10 years um, of my life before I got uh, married and whatnot. And, and, you know, to say that the spirits are lively there is, is an understatement, bro. Oh, like really? that, has, that place has its, uh, it has its history and, and not like haunted or anything, but just like if we have a band play, there's way more people like there than what you see, right? Like there's an energy that just like instantly lights up because in the fall, they used to have the big harvest, you know, balls. We have a few pictures as you walk through the lodge, you'll see them of, of, you know, back in the day when they had the, you know, the big, they do a pit barbecue and, and just, you know, have the whole town basically come out. Um, and so I think that's, you know, what you're trying to carry on, right? You're trying to make a living. You're trying to be, you know, good with the land, good stewards, but you're also making sure that, that somebody, you know, like my daughters are five and three, that they bring their children there because there was some reason to go there. Right. You're keeping the going. Yeah. And I think that's pretty powerful. So it's been fun. Yeah. Love the history. So, well, let's just take it. I mean, I think we're, like I said, we're planning on coming there. I think it might even be after 4th of July. Maybe let's just say it's the next weekend. So if we were coming in on, say, a, a Thursday night. So we roll up. Let's just kind of talk about that a little bit. We roll in. Do we roll up to the Phillips, the main lodge first? Is that the first stop? Or, or are you said there's check-in without even doing that? Yeah, you're, you're going to check in there um, again, you know, depending on the time. So typically we, we keep, you know, office hours till about six-ish, you know, five or six. Um, we try to just communicate to every party because, like I said, some parties aren't getting there till, you know, midnight and, and that's okay too, right? Yeah. So let's say you guys arrive about four o'clock, right? You're going to come in the office. We're going to kind of, you know, welcome you make sure everything's good, make sure we know where parties are going, um, how to park, how to, you know, make sure you know how to take care of your garbage because we are in bare, you know, world, grizzly country. So we have bear proof containers. You can't just leave it on the porch, right? You got to in the cabin or in the, you know, in the bear proof containers kind of thing. Yeah. What are the bear proof? Are these, these metal big containers that are out there, the garbage can things? Yeah. They're, they're like your big dumpster, but instead of the, the easy flip plastics, they have like a huge still lid on them. And then they have, they have like the handles that the bear can't, you know, can't manipulate. Um, he can still move that sucker around like you like, every <laughs> once in a while, you know, cause they just smell it. So they're like, Oh yeah, that smells good. And, and they give it a couple pushes and they'll like, it'll be kitty wampus. Right. And, yep. and you're like, Oh, and you see these, you know, these big paw marks. And then, and then the claws like three inches further, you'll see like the little pokes where the claw was actually, you know, touching the dusty side of the garbage can, you know, and you're like, Oh, so he's big, you know? <laughs> right. 
Wow. Um, but yeah, so they, they wander in, they push around a little bit and then they wander, you know, to the next, next, uh, food source or next smell they have in their, you know, in their nostrils basically. But basically we'll, we'll give you the 411 of, Hey, this is, you know, what you do. This is what you need. And in your group's case where we're going to be fairly, you know, hosting on a really uh, larger level, we're going to, you know, go over times and, and a little bit with you. We probably already talked about it, so we won't won't do too much of that. We'll get everybody up to the cabin, um, walk you through how everything works. The reality is, is in July, you still might need to use the fireplace mm, cool. because it, it can get cold at, you know, at night. The cabins, you know, they're uh, insulated uh, log unit, basically how the, how the log cabin works is as you heat up the log, it radiates the heat back. So they're super efficient. That's why they used them for so long. And they, you know, they, they kept people relatively comfortable and alive for so long. And so vice versa in the summertime, you want to keep it cold. So, you know, it comes with the warning of it's better just to let your cabin get really cold because yeah. when it is 85 in the mountains, it feels like it's, you know, a hundred sometimes. So, so we go over that. Here's your hot tub, right? Uh, here's how it works. Here's where you're going to find stuff. And then basically, you know, you guys just chill. Yeah. Then we chill. Then is there a, is there a, a typical, like a dinner time bell? So people come in and eat dinner or, or you just, is it more of like restaurant whenever you want to come in? We're a restaurant, so we're open to the public as well. Typically um, we do have large, large groups. We can host about 50 comfortable, 50 to 60 people in, in the lodge. So we do have uh, groups that'll rent the whole, you know, lodge out for an evening, but that's on occasion. That's not um, on a normal stuff. So. So yeah, so hey guys, we're we got a reservation for seven thirty. It's you know, four thirty right now. Um, Corby, where's a couple places we can see? Well, dude, you should just go up to Big Springs and you can see the spawning area of you know the most beautiful iconic spring in in North America. Quite frankly, is that with the little cabin, the little guy? That yeah, Johnny Sat cabin, yeah, right? And right. <laughs> uh, um, there's a cool story about that too. There's a there's a rumor out there that uh, Estelle Phillips and Johnny Sack were uh, better than friends. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So. There you go. <laughs> this is perfect. I got I got that from a from a hardcore local. So, are there any small cabins on the Phillips on your ranch? There, uh, any of those tiny cabins, or did did Johnny have any? He wasn't helping build any of the cabins at your place. No, no, his cabin's so amazing. Um, so definitely, like, if you can. You know, because I, I mean, I'm not a great fisherman, but I know like there's a certain time where you're like, yeah, it's just not worth being yeah. out here. Right. Um, so whenever that time is right, yep. you could go in, in the summertime. So kind of between Memorial Day and Labor Day, you can actually tour um, the cabin. But he he did like his own veneer little strips. You know, I mean, he was he was like a four foot nine German, uh, yep. you know homesteader and he really did some special stuff with that little cabin he had a a a water wheel uh that gave him pumped water up to the cabin gave him um i think rudimentary electricity uh, for the time and stuff so it's a a pretty amazing little spot and and you just look around like do somebody actually lived here like this is silly right like this is so pristine but yeah so so hey go up to big springs you know you're not going to go fishing right now We'll see you, you know, in an hour for dinner kind of thing. Um, you also have Harriman State Park and Mesa Falls to the south, which, again, Harriman's connected to to the ranch um, section of, of the Henry's Fork. Um, and then Mesa Falls is the largest unaltered or, you know, molested uh, waterfall in the Snake River uh, system. And so uh, it's about 100 
feet high, a little over 100 feet high, and about 150 wow. wide. So it's a huge, absolute must go see. And a uh, cool story about that section. So there's two falls. There's upper falls and lower falls. And they're both too big for fish to go up, right? Fish can actually go over the falls and, and survive, apparently. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, how many would survive, right? Right. Um, but uh, my brother and I were, were hiking the the because there's some fishermen access and you can get down in between them. And so we follow fishermen down there as we're exploring the area. And it was one of our first summers up there, you know, owning the lodge. And this osprey comes down and takes a fish and, you know, goes. And as I learned the the geology, I'm like, so that fish, like, for at least a couple thousand years, right? We don't know exactly when the earthquake happened that shifted these two waterfalls. But it's, it's, you know, it's been a while, right? Like, there's, yeah. <laughs> they're not new waterfalls. It's like, so that fish and his buddies have been like just in this section for how many thousands of years, right? And, and, and I think, you know, again, to me, that's why I go fish, right? That's why I get out in nature is because I, I look and I, and I realize how small we are, but then how big we are at the same time. Right? Exactly. So, like our footprint is an eternal footprint in my opinion. And, and watching that, you know, Osprey come down, take that fish and, you know, he just goes up in a latrine and starts, you know, having lunch. And I'm like, dude, that is really cool, man. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, This is going to be great. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get out there because I think, yeah, you, you offer, you know, that cool, you know what I mean? It's like that luxury, but at the same time, it's kind of uh, rustic too a little bit, right? I mean, the yeah. cabins, but I mean, I love a good wood stove, right? So this is going to be really awesome. And, and we're, like we said, we're going to come in. It's probably going to be maybe four nights there. So yeah. we'll probably be, you know, fishing all day. We'll come back. We'll probably have a session where we do our school, you know, our fly fishing school at one of the, you know, one of the cabins, one of the bigger cabins. And then we'll go out and fish and come back and have food. And just um, enjoy everything. So this is all great. I'm glad you painted this picture. So you mentioned a few things if we were coming up there. What else would you be hitting as far as tourists? I mean, I guess you've already talked about a few of them. But anything else we'd want to make sure to hit if we go to that area? Other than obviously Yellowstone Park. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, you got Grand Teton National Park. Oh, yeah. How far is that away? So you're you're about an hour and a half. It's 90 miles to Jackson Hole, like city center. And so, yeah, I mean, you could spend four days not fishing at all and not get bored and not see the same place, right? Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't go there. That's the thing. We've only got four, actually three days of fishing, four nights. Maybe we should just focus on like, you know, we're going to be fishing, enjoying the lodge, right? Hanging out when we get there. Yeah. I think the nice thing, though, about Island Park is while like maybe you do take a day like a half day and you go in and see old faithful right i wouldn't not do that there's an app now that you can actually time when geysers are going off so you can see like not just old faithful because it's going off every roughly 70 to you know 80 minutes right it's it's kind of on an hour and a half schedule uh give or take but you might be able to see like one time we timed it just you know the stars align seven different geyser, you know, events in one like three hour period. Like it was just silly. Right. And and we have again two very young children that don't like to hang out a lot. And, and we did that with, with two kids in tow. Right. So the last time we were, we were up there just a, a week ago, 
you know, we saw two. So that was pretty depressing for us. But anybody else is like, oh my gosh, like this is so amazing, right? So, so we're kind of spoiled at this point. But so I wouldn't be, I, I would definitely look at your schedule and say, yeah, we're going to do an excursion into Old Faithful and see the lodge and see that area. It's about an hour and a half drive, barring any Buffalo traffic jams or, you know, just the congestion of, of summer, right? That can happen. That's right. What are the tips on the summer if, if, because people will be going there, you know, listening now, probably throughout the year and when it's really busy, what's the tip on getting into the park? Do you just get there really early? Get in crazy early. Yeah. Just like fishing, right? Like you got to get, you know, um, and the, and the animals don't like the heat, right? They're in big fur coats walking around. So if you want to see stuff, you time it, um, you know, I really, I'm a huge fan of spring and fall, uh, for, for the animal seeing, right. And so I, I preach that as people talk to me and I'm like, you know, just do two trips, do your fishing trip, right. Your, your summer trip, right. That's right. And then, you know, do a mother's day trip, do an early spring trip. The park's empty. You get the place to yourself, you know, do a later fall trip, hear the elk bugling, right. Like that's where we're, we're going into the rut and the elk bugling and stuff. God, that'd be cool. So the park's empty. So that's one of the things when you're out there. I mean, if you're camping, obviously with snow stuff, but that's the cool thing about your place is that it could be nasty out there. You just, yeah. you know, you're in your car and then, you know, you put your umbrella out or you got your, you know, hoodie or whatever. And I mean, again, like with, with your guests, right? Like you're silly if you don't pack a raincoat and a sweatshirt, even in July. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Right. Cause we can have, you know, we can have snow pretty much any of the 12 months of the year, right? right. Now, what yeah. will it likely be? It'll likely be in the 80s and very comfortable. But as soon as the sun goes down, you lose 20 degrees. Another, you know, hour or two, you know, by midnight, you're typically in the in the mid 40s to low 50s is kind of your average temperature, um, you know, in the summertime. So it's nice. You know, you jump in that hot tub, you, you know, you just relax the bones, right? You're, you're sipping your, your favorite cocktail or, you know, your rum and Coke or whatever it is. Right. And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's just a Sprite, you know, I'm pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Right. Yeah. Um, you can still make a mean drink if you need it, you know, no big deal. But, uh, that's the neat thing though, about Island Park is you're, you're away from the congestion, but you're really easily accessed into it right um even like i said to jackson hole it's an hour and a half drive you can be in the heart of jackson hole go to the you know cowboy you know million dollar cowboy bar wherever you wanted to go your whole life in island park itself like i said you've got big springs you've got Harriman state park and again a bunch of really like little places you can go up to the warm springs where the the spring just comes out of the side of the mountain basically um the corps of engineers tried to tap it so it's like coming out of a big, you know, um, conduit now. Oh, and, really? And, you know, but but again, it's where it came out. They just were trying to like, you know, figure out a way to make it power and, and never did um, like, like we do. Right. And so that history is all there. And so if you get a dry spot, you're like, well, there's only like a million things we could go see that aren't, you know, that aren't fishing. So I think that's the the beauty of the place is you'll be able to do a lot within five, 10 minute drive, you can see some pretty iconic things just in Island Park. And so as we have guests that come back, they're like, well, what else is there? I'm like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> you know, you'll never get bored. There's, I mean, even in the wintertime, there's almost 500 miles of snowmobile trails that are great. Oh, right. Yeah. So in the wintertime, you still, people are staying at your lodge throughout the winter too, throughout the whole year. Yeah. We're open year round. The snowmobiling starts up about mid December and, and typically goes through 
uh, mid-March. You know, our our busy time is when the parks open. Yellowstone's still draw. So yeah, yeah. So July is a busy busy time for you guys. And and then uh, and years ago they opened up um, most of the river section and the lakes to year-round fishing. So there is a lot more now. This the winter up there is big. Like you have big snow, so um, you know getting to water <laughs> is uh, is is definitely um, you know a task yeah. and whatnot. So what what is the closest resort? The one that you're skiing. So Targi is the closest, right? Grand Targi. They're just on the other side of the Idaho border, um, but on the Idaho side of the Tetons. Um, and then you're about another half hour to get to Jackson and about the same if you went up to Big Sky. And then Yellowstone Club's right right next to Big Sky and Moonlight Basin. That's kind of a Big Sky um you know, uh, an appendage on the, on the North side there. Um, so those are the three big ones. Um, cool fact though, uh, Alf Engen, who is the, you know, iconic, uh, Alta, you know, guru, he established Alta basically. He did lay out a, a little ski area called Bear Gulch. And it's, it's right at the bottom of the upper and lower Mesa Falls is that as the river, you know, the Henry's Fork drops basically down to the Ashton Plateau, right? And through Ashton and St. Anthony, the more of the South Fork, you know, as you're going down, there's there's this little gulch, right? And they put a, um, you, you stopped, so you got off the train and you walked over basically and you skied from the top of it down. So the, the, wow. the, the bottom of the lift brought you back up basically out of the gulch. So there, there is, it's, it's defunct. It was only, um, I think it only ran for a few years, but in the fifties, there was another little, you know, ski resort right there. So, um, and then there's a, an platitude of, you know, backcountry opportunities. So. Yeah. A lot of stuff. And we've talked about a little bit of that, uh, you know, over the last few months on all the opportunities out there. So this is great. Nice, Corby. Well, I think uh, we've given a, a little insight on what you offer. Anything else you want to, you know, give a shed light on, on anything we missed today that just paints the picture of what you have going there or the area? No, I just, we appreciate the conversation. It's hard to, until you're there, it's hard to put it in pictures, you know. Um, but uh, I always say this line, it's from uh, Funny Farm with Chevy Chase, right? And oh, nice. Sell the house. And he's like, cue the deer, right? And the deer go running out, right? And, <laughs> right. And it's like, like all over the place, like cue just anything you think about the great outdoors, right? Um, anything that your, your inner child, you know, or your, you know, your adult, I'm in this cubicle and I just got to get free or, you know, or if you just like, I mean, again, you know, mountain people, like people that live in the mountains, you go there and you're like, dang this is something, you know, unique. And, and, and so, so we appreciate the, that your guests and, 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 you know, your followers are, are going to be uh, looking us up and, and yeah. have another place um, in that area and another reason to, to maybe, you know, um, make that journey. I just, you know, nobody comes and says, oh man, you know, should have, you know, should, should have done something else. No, nobody's disappointed to, to come yeah. there, right? I think that's what really is neat about it is, uh, and, and, you know, again, it's, as I talk to you, I rekindle the things that I take for granted a little bit, right? Yeah, and, and, uh, this is sweet. Being that steward, but yeah, you know, I think we've covered the, the idea and if, if this doesn't get somebody out there going, oh man, I need to make that reservation, then I don't know what will. <laughs> we're, we're, we're fired up. We'll, we'll send everybody out to, like we said at the start, uh, pinesislandpark.com, and they can take a deeper dive into it. And uh, 
they have questions, they can reach out to you. And uh, But this is great, Corey. I'm, I'm excited for the trip. It's going to be right around the corner for us. And uh, it will be great to meet you in person and, and see you there, you know, and, uh, and just stay in touch. And thanks again for all the time today. Absolute pleasure. That's a wrap on Travel, part of the Wet Fly Swing podcast and Swing Outdoors. This podcast was supported by Eastern Idaho's Yellowstone Teton Territory. You can support this podcast and Eastern Idaho by heading over to wetflyswing.com slash Teton right now. And you can let any of the brands know that you found them through this podcast and click in there and check out all the great brands. We've had a number of them on this podcast and, uh, and we would love you to find out all the good stuff they have going. You can also check in with me anytime, Dave at wetflyswing.com if you have any questions or feedback or have an idea of where we should be traveling to next. And one big reminder before we get out of here, the Stillwater School is going right now. If you go to wetflyswing.com slash stillwaterschool, you can find out if we have any slots available for the big trip out to this part of eastern Idaho. Phil Roy is going to be our guru. He's going to be breaking out the Stillwater magic. And if you wanted to up your game this year, this is your best chance right now. You can check in there or send me an email, like I said, Dave at wetflyswing.com. And as we roll out of here, I just want to thank you for taking the time today to check out the Traveled Podcast. And I appreciate you for your support and all the listens here. And I hope you have a chance to experience that road less traveled. <laughs>